You're listening to Arc Radio Podcast. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم على سيدنا رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ولا Yeah. And then they ask again, and then they ask again, and then they ask again. Right. And eventually you're tired and you say, okay. Or you're the pressure of everybody looking at you while you're doing it. Or the pressure of yeah. everyone looking and at you while you're doing it. And you say, okay. So then they learn, if I ask enough, if time. I ask four times, uh-huh. then I will get a response. So the next time you're in that situation, they won't stop after one time. They'll have learned four times is when I get my reward. Wow. So, and even though you say, oh, well, I'm only going to do it this time. And I'm not going to do it next time. The words that you're saying really don't mean anything. It, the idea behind so it is that it's all about the actions. So they're, they're very technical. I mean, they're, they're actually analyzing um, subconsciously. Yeah, exactly. They're reading the behavior and yeah. they're not... I mean, it's just... A, I mean, exactly, they're reading your behavior and yeah, they're learning There's a it. saying in Arabic, لسان المقال, which means it's, it's the tongue by which you speak is there's two tongues your tongue of your words and what you say and the tongue of your actions and what you say so this uh, actions speak louder than words they can pick up on that okay yeah. from a okay so for example and when i was at work and this isn't with children but it might be an issue with teenagers um there was a girl who would self-harm yes then she'd get a lot of attention from staff okay you know Um, and you know there might be rewards that people are seeking mm-hmm. without being without it being very clear you know so there was obviously you know uh, other issues underlying that but the kind of when you're thinking about learning theory you're just kind of looking at the mechanisms that are in place what happened you know what was the effect mm-hmm. and what what does that what is someone achieving from that okay. and you can think about that with your children as well so for example any attention for children sometimes if they're not used to getting attention any attention can be better than no attention so it could be that a child acts up and then they get shouted at or they get some kind of attention maybe you don't see it as as positive attention but it's still better than being Ignored, ignored or, or that's exactly. more painful the more the, exactly. to be ignored so whether whether it's positive exactly. or negative is not an issue for the child he doesn't distinguish well they would prefer i'm sure positive but right. you know any attention would be better than no attention at all so mm-hmm. you could have a child who acts up gets attention and that for them is a reward so okay this condition say say i've been oblivious to this issue and i've, I've had my child and um i have Um, establish these conditioning patterns where you know they'll ask me after the fourth or fifth time and they will eventually kind of wear me down and out and I'll say that what's uh, is is there a um, is there a way back from this situation and how do you how do you how do you actually implement that way back so that you establish better kind of habits etc 
I suppose one of the first things is consistency is really key. So, for example, you know, a lot of these experiments were conducted with animals. So, for example, if a rat was to push a button and every time got a, a, a treat, then it would keep pushing the button and keep getting a treat. So mm -hmm. it would learn, when I push the button, I get the treat. If the rat stops pushing the button, or if the rat stops getting the treat, it might keep on pushing that button for a while, but after maybe five or six times or ten times, it'll go, okay, right, I'm not getting the treat anymore when I put, push this button. But if the rat pushes the button and only gets a treat every now and again, so you push the button, nothing, push the button, nothing, push the button, treat, push the button, nothing, push the button, nothing, push the button, nothing, push the button, nothing, push the button, treat. What the rat, it's going to take a lot longer to extinguish, is what we call it, to extinguish the behaviour that you don't want. Hmm. So you're trying with your child to extinguish some kind of behaviour that you don't want. But if you give in every now and again, what you're doing is actually prolonging that. Because they're learning, oh, so well, the, sometimes even, it even, works. Yeah, and sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes so it so doesn't. the process is actually going to take even longer. Even longer. And to, when you actually are trying to change a particular behaviour, you know, you have to be so consistent with it. Mm -hmm. the, the really difficult thing, I think, for parents is that sometimes you're tired and sometimes you don't want to you don't want to do those things or sometimes it's really hard to just keep enforcing the same rule but the consistency is really key and and certainly ch children feel can you a lot give me of an example of something that you know say a behavior that i mean i mean it's it's i suppose the example you even you gave in terms of a shopping example um is is uh, is a possibility or um is it's yeah th these kind of example sorry that kind of example of the shopping one is is one that um could take place where so yeah. it's, it's that kind of thing where you yeah. might respond to it you might not yeah and with the pressures so it's it's just it's just an issue of being um consistent with it is, is that the only uh, you're saying um is there other yeah therapies that can be used as well i mean i suppose that you know there's there's therapy based on learning theory, right, you know, okay. um, that those techniques you can apply, you know, it, it's a slightly different thing. You can apply learning theory, it doesn't have to be a, a therapy. Okay. So, for example, it, w when you're thinking about it, it's thinking about for example, if there's bad behaviour, if you don't respond to it at all, that's better. So to ignore, not ignore bad behaviour. Yeah, to let it, to, to, to see if it just comes and goes. Yeah, yeah you yeah. maybe you want to discuss it or talk about it, but you know, the attention itself could be seen as a reward in some in some ways. Yeah. So 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 yeah. I mean that that's sometimes I mean an effective way. I've seen that. Well, I've done that in the classroom sometimes, where mm -hmm. uh, is actually turning a blind eye mm -hmm. is sometimes more effective than 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 responding to to many and some. Are we able to to? I don't. It's a horrible word to use, but engineer the associations that we have for our children, say for example with regards to things that are going to make it more successful for them in their life, whether it be associations to do with learning, engineering their associations yeah. to do with healthy eating. Yeah. Um, what, what, what's examples of that and how, how would we go about something like that? So I suppose, there. I think there definitely is and if I get back to kind of the theory of positive and negative reinforcement, you want to reinforce the things 
posit- with positive reinforcement the behaviors that you want to encourage. Right. So how can you make the behaviors that you want rewarding for your child? So what behavior do you want? Um, say for example, spend a, spend half an hour doing some reading a day. Okay. And so they're not a reader. They're naturally just not a reader. They so they're write. naturally not a reader. Yeah. So for example, if you were to shout and say, go and do your reading, go and do your reading, you know, sit over them, you're making, so the associations you're making there are stress. All the negative you know, associations. Negative, with, yeah. You know, and you're trying to, you want them to read. Yeah. But how you're going, what are they associating that with? with reading is then becoming paired with shouting, stress. stress. Shouting, yeah. So you want it to be paired with something enjoyable, something good, something that they like. So give them a wee snack of apples or something like that, or make them yeah. Or sit. You know, or it could be you read for half an hour, and then you get some kind of reward. You know, yeah. there's some, there's some kind of and 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 a consistency with that. You know, a lot of this as well is just about having like routines and consistency. So yeah. you know, if you read for half an hour, then there's there's a reward, and you always have that reward. You know, and if you don't do it, then there's no reward. But it's not punitive. Mm-hmm. Um. So, so for example, fighting with your child about what they're eating. You know, cause if you really want them to eat to eat their dinner, and you shout, you know, and say eat your dinner, then you're teaching them that food is. A painful issue. Yes. And it's also a struggle, you know, a powerful issue. Something really important to their parent. Maybe something that they can, you know, use. For example. In what would you mean? They can use. I so suppose. It, or they, they can. They can use that in the, in the relationship. Yeah. And in, 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 in yeah. the basis of the relationship. Mm-hmm. To, to get the attention. To, yeah. to get the responses. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's hard to explain without concrete examples, but you know, it's just really thinking about, rather than thinking about the things, I mean, obviously the things that we say are really important as well, the things that we teach our children, the words that we use, but you know, it's also so much more about our actions. You know, how, how, yeah, what are we modeling? What are we showing them ourselves? So there's also, you know, modeling social learning theory. Yeah. We're modeling the behavior we want our children to embody now does that apply at all ages social learning theory because it's interesting you mentioned that when we're talking about um like in 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 the steiner approach they'll say from you know the early years up to seven a lot of the education that's taking place has to be through modeling you don't really kind of speak to the child as such except with your a lot more with your actions yes language is developing yes all of that but ultimately, the biggest impact on them up till that point is to do with um, what they're learning from behaviors, and that's why they make a big emphasis on what they, you know, what the, what yeah. the teachers do. Uh, later on, it changes. Mm-hmm. They feel, they say it's more to do with feelings. Now, when you're saying social learning, social, mm-hmm. what is it called? Social. Social learning theory. Social learning theory. Can you tell us a bit more about that? What is social yeah, learning? Yeah, it's, it's literally just you know, well. It, that we learn from from those around us so it's not okay. just you know a, and from their actions so s- there was a a study um th- done where you know they had a doll 
a, a kind of life-size doll and an adult either like played with the doll or punched the doll like beat it up mm-hmm. so and then a group yes. of children either you know watch the adult beating the doll up or playing with playing it. it with it you know and then they observe the children afterwards you know when the adult's gone how did they interact with that doll you know and lo and they, behold they, they copied whatever copied example what that they, was in front of them yeah wow. so that is modeling yeah. you know yeah. we're modeling the behavior so if you're shouting you know that's the behavior that you're teaching this is how to deal with problems this is how to get what you want or whatever it might be yes you know and even though you might be shouting about the thing that you want to teach your child like you must but what, pray. They're, ta- what they're taking out of that is actually the the, the, the way you're doing exactly. it is the modeling of that yeah. and probably it's interesting probably 20 years down the line when they become parents they'll be they'll be redoing that yeah, behavior again exactly. with their own kids and saying to them you know pray yeah. or whatever yes yeah. is and and it is to a certain degree i suppose that that applies really to us at all the times that we yeah. are affected it's not something that's specifically to young age i think i think no. social behavior I, I assume social yeah. learning is all the way through all the way through i mean i suppose children are particularly susceptible because they're sponges yeah and they're just learning all the time and it's harder to change maybe those those things that you've learned in childhood but yeah we're always learning from we take more from them whereas maybe later you filter some of it and you even as adults we might see someone model a behavior you know a positive behavior and think oh i'd never thought about you know doing something that way or you know how and it's all it's interesting i wonder how um it's related also to new situations whenever you enter into a mm. new set of situations which you have no prior yeah. reference point yeah depending on the circumstance that you're yeah. in when 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 you see a behavior and you don't know how to act in that situation yeah. you start taking it good or bad yeah right? exactly and children every situation is it's new, for, new them. for them so they're taking a lot more mm-hmm. that's that's very interesting and because i mean <laughs> When it, when you look at some of the traditional texts about um, about education, that's a big thing they, they, they say. The biggest thing that you need to worry about in impact is the friends that they make. You know the friendships um, because they pick up. You know children pick up so much. And then when you look at, again when it talks about adults, you know, um, a person will be known from from their friends. So if you look at somebody's friends, you know what the person is like. So it is yeah. that that yeah. really these there's very there's a and then al mu'min al mu'min you know the believer to a believer is a mirror so you find that there's several kind of things that are saying how important that yeah. environment that you that you have for the growth. Um, any other theories that you yeah. you want to share with us? I then? mean, there's there's a lot. I suppose I would just you know again kind of with if we go back to learning theory. You know, I don't know if I explained clearly. You can explain it again. Because um, <laughs> I can record it and put it whatever yeah. point I want. So. It, I was talking about negative and positive reinforcement. Yeah. So, for example, negative reinforcement might be... Uh, it's Negative reinforcement is removing something painful. So you might... And positive reinforcement is, is a positive... Um, you know, a positive reward... So examples, sorry. Uh, so what, for example, you know, you might 
take your child somewhere that they don't really want to go and then they act up and you say right I'm gonna take you home um, and yeah. and that's and for example maybe that's what you know maybe they wanted to go home you know so where's it is that a negative reinforcement or is that so positive? that would be negative reinforcement so negative reinforcement is removing the thing that they don't want so there may be in a really boring situation they you want know, out of it. They want out of it. They start acting up, and you say, "Right, that's it. We're going home." So, for them, that's great. I so mean, for them, that's great. So that would be an example. Only if they don't want to be there. Yeah, but, but that is that be, sorry? Is that the negative reinforcement? That's negative reinforcement taking away. Okay. A negative thing. For them. Oh, for it's them. A, for them, it's for a negative them. thing, and you're taking it away. Yeah. Okay, right. So okay. So what you're teaching is. When if you act up, if like you this, act up like this, you will get you will be you'll remove harm basically. Remove yeah. something that you Re- don't want. Remove something you don't want. Okay. Yeah. And the positive. So, so and positive reinforcement is you know the if you do a the positive kind of reward. Yeah, uh, basically, reward. if you do this, yeah. I will reward you for that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is 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 uh huh. And these rewards can be you know you don't might not necessarily think that you're rewarding your child. Like for example, a child that cries a lot. You know, and then you take them onto your lap and you cuddle them and you kiss them and, you know, nurture them. Nurturing is, you know, wonderful and children crave it. We all crave it, you know. So you're, not that there's anything wrong with crying, you know, and it's not to say don't nurture your children if they cry, but I suppose it's, it's balancing it. Well, there's a type of crying. The type I think of it's crying. crying. I mean, there's, there is, I mean, we, I remember that with, with my own children, I became more aware of the type of cry, whether yeah. it was a need, a real genuine need, or something that maybe didn't have it. Um, exactly. Yeah. Or, I mean, you can think about it in adults as well. You know, if someone goes in in a huff, you know, for example, or or doesn't speak, or you know, yeah. and then you make a lot of effort to kind of make them feel better, cuddle, or, you know, to to what's wrong? Are you okay? That sympathy becomes that's an enforcement that's a positive reinforcement of their behavior of their behavior yeah. and they're you know they're not thinking about it in those terms your children aren't thinking about this in terms like oh if i do that you know it's not a logical kind of if i do this then i'll get yeah it's, that. but it's still it's not still, conscious it's thinking not it's conscious, a subconscious subconscious thinking. thinking it's probably just a it is survival mechanisms probably that we yeah. really need them yeah because ultimately uh-huh. this um that we, we, we in a healthy situation, yeah. you need them. Yeah. Uh, because it's, there's like, they, they have Exactly. The, you, you, like, if you get stung by a bee, you'll avoid bees. Yes. You know, that's... That's a that's natural thing. Um, but when you're saying this negative and positive reinforcement, uh-huh. it was really, it's really about removing the harm and gaining the benefit. Yeah. And in and, 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 and one of the sciences they have in the Islamic tradition is, is, uh, is called the principles of jurisprudence. And one of one of these principles is, and they say actually all other principles go back to this principle, which is to ward off harm yeah. and to to gain benefit. Yeah. You know, and that's the principle how you address issues. So it's, a, it's it's probably built into our genetic yeah. kind of coding yeah. to, to deal with them. Yeah, I mean this is like really, you know, this is stuff that you know it's not just with children, it's not just with adults. You know, they can do, you know, they can a lot of the stuff that they've learned about learning theory they've learned from you know you working with animals mm-hmm. um you know so this is really hardwired into us this is how we learn you know and a lot of you know we're 
we're human beings and we have a conscious mind and so the stories that we tell ourselves the stories that we tell to each other and to our children obviously embody these embody these things but you know at an even more basic level we do we are learning all the time the, the nafs you know when they talk about the nafs in, in, in spiritual works and how you have yeah, some of it like the verse وَخَالِفْ nafsa وَخَالِفْ it's just you, you should kind of go against your uh, inclination yeah yes to re-educate it yeah and, and more often than not is following that Behave, you know that behavioral yeah. trait is actually harmful yeah, to you. Yeah, exactly. So, do you how do you relate that in terms of therapy? Because what they're saying in a, in, a, yeah. in, a, in a in a in a spiritual sense is how to control your nafs, your how yeah. all of them. That's it. But from a the, from a practitioner point of view, what I think that is a really key point, and I think that is one of the defining features of what makes us human beings. You know that we can choose not to just avoid the things that we don't like you know or just only go for the things that give us pleasure we can actually apply our intellect and say okay although that gives me pleasure you know it's not good for me in the long run and you know for example if someone comes uh, we use if someone comes to me um, with anxiety a lot of the time when people have anxiety they avoid things that make them anxious that they're afraid of mm -hmm. you know so if you, even if you think about a phobia you know um, someone might be afraid of flying so they avoid flying but what happens then is their fear grows uh-huh okay yeah whereas actually because if you if you if you're afraid and then you do it you know yeah it's really scary and maybe at the time it feels really intense but you at the end of that journey you know or you've learned okay it was scary but i can manage it so it's building your your confidence and your resilience against your resilience and exactly yeah. building your, your strength yeah. whereas if you avoid something and then you avoid it again and you avoid it again yeah. it becomes more and more scary and if it you know and you know you've been avoiding it for a long long time it How becomes do, much harder to ever over overcome it yeah yeah. Here's a question then. Okay, it's interesting. I mean that that these parallels are from from both approaches, but the intellect, in my in my mind, doesn't that ability for choice doesn't come early on in the child. I mean, you're talking really the beginnings. There are exceptions, but you probably don't start seeing it until seven, eight, yeah. nine at that age. Yeah. So. Does that mean, would it be, would it be that then only at that point you need to kind of, you can work with that aspect of the human being because prior to that, it's more of a social animal. He's learning, he's learning through the social yeah. landscape that they're yeah. in. But then when they go past that, then you, you need to start working more and more. How do you empower that in, in you know decision making process in, in a younger child as they're developing because they're still young they can't make a lot of decisions um, correctly and, and so I've heard uh, a psychologist say you know what whatever a child can do you should let them do it okay you know so 
even if it takes them five minutes to tie their shoelaces, let them tie their shoelaces. Okay. Don't tie their shoelaces for them. I don't know if that's really related, but you know, giving them the space to learn those things themselves once they get, you know, to make choices and, um, you know, and obviously guiding, you know, and not just so letting it be. The, the, I think, yeah, I, I mean, I think the answer isn't that, is that you have to give them the choices to make, but within reason. Within reason, and of course, you're yeah. there to protect them. But, you know, it, it's a balance, just like, you know, it, you know, and in, in Islam, it's the same, it's balance, it's finding a balance between being protective and giving them the space to grow. Yeah. And to learn. You so know. you can make these decisions, that builds their ability to make the, 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 the decisions, and then at that point, you're able to, you're able to um, rely more on their decision-making ability to manage their own affairs yeah. as opposed to being otherwise if you don't you're going to hinder it and then they yeah. will remain and what more animalistic them? so for example yeah. if you do everything for your child you're teaching them you're weak or you're not capable of doing these things for yourself you know so how will they be when they grow up will they feel capable will they feel that they can challenge you know face challenges and overcome them when you know they had something maybe only a little bit challenging and their parents said no no i'll do it for you it's okay you know you're weak or you're not capable that's what you're you're, you're subconsciously, subconsciously teaching you to, even though you're trying to help and do your best for them you you're know? actually harming them by actually well in, in a way you're making them lose their ability their will it was an interesting story i heard from from um uh, a practitioner, a nursery, an educator, a practitioner, soon that she saw parents that would, whenever the child fell, they would actually pick them up, as opposed to leave them to stand up. Yeah. So what happened with that child is eventually the child would not get up mm -hmm. because they would be expecting their parent to come and yeah. pick them up or somebody to pick them up. Yeah. And they, what was beautiful about what she was saying is what then they would do is they would throw an imaginary line to the child uh, as if they're pulling them and the child would start engaging and through her activating the imagination she was actually reawakening the will within the child to actually do things again that's and, and um but it's um yeah uh, it kind of yeah that's a perfect an example, example of what you're saying perfect you know. example of you know what we can teach our children without realizing it mm. you know mm. and how our our behaviors you know and and again you might see this something similar with a child that falls and and their parents gasp and and cry and run and you know so you're teaching them you're really fragile yeah you're really really fragile and you could get hurt really easily you know and that's that's yeah yes i've seen i've seen that i mean <laughs> more so probably i think in, in sometimes sometimes i've seen that in egypt mm -hmm. as well i don't know if you, but yeah. it's that over over protective yeah um so when they grow up you know and they've had that for maybe a long time as a child you know they they'll feel still fragile that'll mm -hmm. be something they've kind of internalized without ever actually thinking those things and, and tracing it back to, mm -hmm. to these experiences because yeah. we were talking with Abdul Mateen earlier this week about the whole issue of resilience and he was he was saying about you know we do cotton wool we put our kids in too much cotton wool and and we need to let them explore and it's better to make smaller mistakes when they're younger yeah. 
rather than wait till they're older and then make big mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's um, and and making mistakes is also about learning how to handle mistakes. You yeah. know, what what who doesn't make a mistake? How do you? But what is the the important thing is how do you respond to your mistakes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you find that. I mean, why why why? For more information and to listen to more podcasts, visit us at arc.score or check out the Arc Media app.